welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perret. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, municipalities, localities across the country are talking about defunding the police. I just saw Ground Zero, the City Council of Minneapolis, plans to shut down their police department, disband their police force, after this, I guess, the protests blow over, after they stop needing them anymore, I guess. But I think I've cracked the code a little bit on why, what they're after, what they're up to here. There's, I think, three things. One, I've talked about before, I think a federal or quasi-federal police force, at least a maybe a layered police force, a federalist type thing or a department of police. Nancy Pelosi is bringing down the legislation that we touched on last week that addresses a lot of these issues. We can talk about that later if you want. But you so I think that they they'll they will have some external national regulatory supervisory control over the police forces, if not an actual military presence at some point. Maybe we still will get that martial law that was predicted for election 2020. And you're in the clip you brought to propaganda report. Second thing is very clearly, I think that they will it'll be a technocracy approach to policing. There was a great tweet that kind of put it all together it was by the what was it called well i can't find it but the the idea was that if you take away the police force you'll just replace that with drones surveillance pre-crime they're talking about no more profiling i get that but what they will do is implement pre-crime so they would they were talking about how you could add technology and algorithms to find out the crime hotspots. and i'd been saying for years that's what a good old beat cop used to be able to do just by instinct you don't have to tell those guys but now they can force you to do it because you're not allowed to do that if they can if they can point out that the impact if not even the intent is profiling but i think there's an economic element to this, a very big economic element, because if you see last year, they, last week they were talking about defund the police. This week you're starting to they're coloring that in. So New York City is transferring money from the police. So de Blasio is under fire. So he's going to be the first mover. He's going to be the boldest one. Transfer the money from the police into welfare and social services and also Funding small businesses. They're talking about how you can give people a hand up, that you can lift people out of poverty. Poverty creates crime, just like just like poverty creates overpopulation. They're they're saying that poverty does it, and they're saying that the answer is to give them money. Now, I say that the answer is to get rid of the drug war, to get rid of bans on guns, to get rid of public education. But the most important part of what they're talking about uh, financing is small businesses, government loans to small businesses. First of all, the loans make you a captive. And it, and on the one hand, through COVID, they're destroying small business. They're, they're making all the existing small business go bankrupt. Those guys aren't coming back. Now, if they can seed it with their own money, with their own kind of People who maybe are behind the scenes community organizers there, maybe they're the ones who get the money. Maybe Stacey Abrams who starts businesses, AOC who starts businesses. They use this money to start their businesses and perhaps those businesses while providing products and services 
also kind of function like government jobs programs or or stakeholder, highly politicized organizations. So I feel like there's a really complex plan here, and we can talk about that actually getting laid out by the World Economic Forum, which we've touched on before. We can talk about that too. But that's what I where I think this defund the police thing is kind of coming together. There'll also be private police forces start to arise. There'll be competing groups of people that are trying to police the areas themselves. And I've said that I, I read a tweet of my own last week that said, what happens when you destroy the middle class, when you third world the country, you see it in education. Now, public education is for the masses, but the people who really run the country have private education. We're moving towards that with healthcare. That's how it is in countries with socialized medicine. Everybody doesn't use it, but now we have the middle class has private healthcare and only the lower class has public. When you socialize it, then the middle class, which is disappearing, also gets the public healthcare and only the very rich get the private healthcare, they can do that same thing with security, where everybody's behind a wall, you have your own private forces, and then the people who have to rely on the public security are very vulnerable. And that would be fine if you secured absolutely gun rights, private property rights, and ended the drug war. Gun sales, I haven't looked at, this, looked at these statistics, but they are probably up if I had to guess. I think I did see where more African-Americans are buying guns. And I know some of my friends were telling me that it is harder to get ammo right now than it ever has been. Like big gun guys, I know. I believe it. And I think when the inner cities, that's where they go in and crack down on the guns. Are they cracking down on the drug dealers who have their own armies? Probably not. Are they cracking down on just some guy? Some guy, maybe poor guy lives in the inner city who's got a gun, that guy is totally vulnerable. He's not paying off cops. He's He needs his gun. And that's where they're strictest about gun control. And that's where truly only outlaws will have guns. I wonder if the people organizing this truly want the cops fully defunded. Do you think that they really want to defund the police because they rely on the police in other situations? Especially like Linda Sarsour, Stacey Abrams, people who are leaders to these people protesting, they absolutely are going to have police escorts and bodyguards. But around that's them. private. That's like Diane Feinstein. That's that. That's I true. mean, it's not private. It's public, but it's personal. Yeah, they have a personal, elite, privileged right to that kind of. I mean, that that is a problem. That has always been a problem is that those guys are the ones carrying around guns. Those guys get gun permits. They don't even really need if ever if all of them have guns. It's it's messed up. I don't think they care at all about the regular rank and file. Obviously, I mean, I know, you know, you agree with that. There's a police officer that lives next door to my friend and his car was usually out in the driveway. It was outside. You could see it. Not anymore. And this is in an area where it's in a part of town where you really aren't going to expect to see much protesting or riots. But apparently it's a suburb. It's in a suburb. Apparently it had come out to the suburbs. There were some protests going on out there. And I saw some articles about it. It expanding into the suburbs. I'm sure it's intentional. I'm sure they have cells planted. I just found it interesting that he was keeping his car inside, not visible. And, and I can see why. I can see it's why. It's a cop car? Yeah, it's a cop car. Yeah, I bet. I, I did want to follow up on one thing, a specific. We don't have to get into any new specifics on the Democrat proposal. But there was one thing I mentioned last week that Justin Amash was leading the charge on. And the news was he went too far. It's this qualified immunity where cops are basically immune 
of anything that isn't just kind of an intentional reckless violation or intentional violation of someone's obvious rights. Anything kind of on the margin, the Supreme Court determined they could get a pass on that. You could immunize cops against that, which was not consistent with what congressional law had laid out that the Supreme Court was adjudicating. They were really adjudicating policy. And what what part of these initiatives are is to eliminate that qualified immunity. And I found it interesting. Uh, I found a Cato daily podcast on that subject from last week, from Tuesday. And these guys pointed out my favorite solution to that kind of thing is, first of all, most of the cops are immunized by their locality. So they could be sued personally, but their their localities will indemnify them, will pay them back. That's why they can work that way. You couldn't personally be responsible. You didn't have enough money in the bank. You would be personally uh, collapsed, bankrupted. But what these guys said is they should have malpractice insurance, just like other people have. Doctors have it. Some teachers have it, these guys are saying. Lots of people have malpractice insurance. And then the beauty of the insurance system, I've always found, is that if you step out of line, your insurance goes up. And the insurance is responsible, financially responsible for your behavior. They're going to monitor it without prejudice, just with a an eye to the quantifiable liability. And so I am always against, uh, it seems to me, I can't think of an exception, an exception of removing liability from a person for their own behavior. I hate that. And it's coming down all over the place. It's coming down through healthcare. It's coming down through those kind of things. And what it does is it insulates bad behavior. And that bad behavior is often dictated by bad policy. So I like personal liability. You insure against it. And then the actor, and that's why I'm an individualist. I care about individual morality, not collectivist, because it's the actor himself who has control over the behavior and should be incented to have control over the behavior. Same thing is going on with people who are breaking windows, smashing cars, setting things on fire. They're not being prosecuted. They're being released. They're being bailed out by celebrities, by politicians. They're not being held accountable. So they know they can go out there and just raise hell. And they have this army, this well-funded army that's going to bail them out. Consequences. We have seen from wearing masks to being anonymous online in being insulated from consequences makes decivilizes people. Yeah, it does. So when you get trolled online anonymously, it's so much worse. I've told you about my personal observations on that. And I think the masks kind of have the same effect. And now if you actually get caught red handed and you get bailed out because you're the ends justify the means, then you really don't have any rule of law. And I mean that in a fundamental sense, not a law and order sense. Yeah, it's called masking. I've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. It's an improv work, an acting workshop too. You put on a mask, people go around and they're encouraged to use that new face they have, that hidden, they can hide behind it and people go crazy. Yeah. They become oh, somebody else. They do things mm-hmm. they never would otherwise do. Yeah. It's a I definite totally psychological intentional psychological manipulation going on with this right now. Yeah, I I seriously fear the the RoboCop coming out of the RoboDrone, the pre-crime. We're getting all this technology expedited. Policing technology is being put out there. This this thing that Spiro did, remember a week or so ago, I mentioned the fourth industrial revolution that it's i explained it all in a previous show it's the world economic forum they talk about the third industrial revolution being automation the fourth one is a is a synthesis of basically the human being 
with the the physical and biological and technological spheres. Well, I've also considered the possibility, and I think we've talked about this, that that they I've talked about it in the context of they did CISPA and SOPA and they couldn't get it passed. It was censorship and surveillance acts they couldn't get it passed so then they just went to have kind of terrorism and shootings and made these black swan laws these policy laws while everybody's in trauma and nobody can talk about it they've suspended the first amendment they can do all that stuff and i feel like it's this accelerationism in the way policy is made there it's all black swan policy the way that all kind of news now has to be a leak there's no credible source there's no credible path that, and, and that they're trying to use this to just shock us into these kind of policies. Absolutely. And that idea about the news having to be a leak, that's in that document I've been reading from. That OSS psychological warfare document, that is a tactic is described. That the one that says they want it from all the same controlled source that seems to come from different directions? Yeah, they want it from every channel. Yeah. Yes. Then we had a good propaganda report about that. Yeah. But. Yeah, these guys... Lends credibility to it if it's leaked, is the Absolutely, idea. yes. And that's what you see because there is no credibility anywhere else. And I, I, I feel like I kind of called it policy by terror, but... Yeah. This is terrorism. Some of what's guys, going on is terrorism. This... When in, in one of the clips that Spiro played was one of the people at the World Economic Forum talking about the fourth industrial revolution saying that 14 of their 17 goals rested on inoculations like vaccines. It was really weird. And that I was thinking if if they're robotizing everything like beyond automation, if they're really pulling it like that, they don't need the masses to work at all, which means they don't need the masses. And they're all about population control. And this makes me think even more than ever that part of the inoculation is population control will be sterility will be that kind of thing. Yeah, they'll probably start having screening processes for who can and cannot reproduce. We're going straight 1984. It's kind of a combination of 1984 and Brave New World. Well, but they do it, but that would fold into this whole thing where they have to do everything in the back door. They have to do everything in a panic. That's what Zika was. Zika was about don't get pregnant. They got the Pope to tell people to use birth control. I mean, that this Pope has stepped over the line that like no other Pope from redistributing wealth to considering birth control. This guy is really a break from <laughs> from the foundations. Yes. Well, I have a shout out. I just wanted to shout out to UKJJ, our very, very longtime supporter. He supports us in, in every way. And he, he does, said he, yeah. he, I guess he uh, wanted to promote us in this time as one of the few truth, the reliable sources of truth and real news on a daily basis so very that's fantastic you know he also he's a def he defends us on social media yes, if we're yes, ever under yes. attack by trolls and stuff like that great guy yes vehemently yes i really appreciate that so oh and i wanted to wish you a happy birthday in advance oh thank so, you tomorrow's your birthday it we're is. gonna take the day off it is so hopefully this will be share the show tuesday by proxy share the show tuesday for my birthday <laughs> share the show also johnny depp's birthday also, wow! What's her name? That's good company. I can't remember the other girl's name. One of those, one other, some other actress has the same birthday as me too. Did you see the story about this car driving through the 
crowd no. of people. No, no, tell me. There was a story last night about another car driving through a crowd of people. The story is presented the same way. Car plows through, drives fast through a crowd of people. Then you see a video that most websites put out, and it was only a portion of the video where you see the guy getting out of the car close up, and they clearly cropped this video so that you could not see what was going on outside the car. It, I mean, it's unbelievable. He gets out of the car with a gun, and he kind of stammers Whoa. off. Where was it? What town? This was in Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Ground zero? Yeah, this is in Seattle. Seattle is where it's all Right. Where yeah, it all it's all happens. going on. He said that he drove through this peaceful protest, and when you see the full clip, you don't see what happens down the road, so I don't know what happened down there. I don't know if he did something down there. Maybe he did. But what you see in the video, the fact that they cropped it in the other video makes me think that they, they know that what they're doing. They know they're manipulating. Mm-hmm. Car comes driving down the street. He might have been going somewhere, might not have known it was going to be filled with protesters. There's a guy, a big guy, running alongside his car, trying to grab onto the window and trying to trying to get in. I don't know if the window was down or broken. Trying to get in. He has to slow down because there's a bunch of protesters there. You either plow through them or you slow down. He slows down, doesn't want to hurt people. As soon as he slows down, these guys drag a metal barrier out and place it in front of the car so that he can't leave. Mind you, the news reported it as... He stopped his car and fled the car after running into a metal barrier. No. He slowed down. A metal barrier was dragged out to prevent him from going anywhere. They ha- they're carrying metal barriers with them to stop cars so that they can attack cars. Be careful if you are driving around these protests. That's an old New York tactic. Yeah. They used to take down street signs and divert people they wanted to rob. I think Bonfire to the Vanities was based on it, but I knew people it happened to. Yeah, it's unbelievable to see them just pulling that thing out there. And, of course, they swarm his car as soon as he starts to slow down. And the guy that was chasing alongside of him dives in the window, starts punching him, violently punching him, trying to rip him out of the car. You can see him. He is aggressive. And then you hear a gunshot. And that guy who was diving in the window stammers back and falls down. He was hit in the arm. He's okay. Then the guy, this is where the other video starts. Then the guy gets out of the car with his gun. And they keep it close up. But in the real video, surrounded by people, and he's walking through trying to get away. I don't know if he did something before that, but this guy, other guy that he shot, was was in another video walking up the street bragging about how he punched him in the face. He's getting cheered on by the other protesters. It's just, you're in a position where you can't even defend yourself right now without being accused of something. This is the thing. So defund the police or take your knee or or even forms of pacifism allow for this concept that you cannot defend yourself. That's what Bellamy told me about Tolstoy that I didn't realize that he was that level of pacifist that he does. If you're not allowed to defend yourself, I mean, someone could take your kidney out and what are you, you're not even allowed to put your hands up yeah. in self-defense. So it's not, it's not an unheard of concept. And now I'm thinking that it's, who who benefits from that, from convincing you you can't defend yourself? But it's, ultimately, yeah. it's an instinct that people can't resist to defend themselves. So if you try to take... So it's bad enough they... T- and this maybe is where gun control comes from, is that that I've always said you can't have gun control because you take your right to self-defense and you share it with the community. That's what supposedly government is. At least that's what it looks like, what we've supposedly consented to. So I said, you can't take people's gun rights away because that's the source of the government's authority to use guns. But it we have, by allowing gun laws, we've acknowledged that the right to self-defense is not an inalienable right. 
see, these are inalienable rights. That's why I hate plea bargains too. Like, I just feel like there are, if, if we are to say there, maybe a libertarian would say everything is alienable for a price if you want it or you can voluntarily, whatever. But self-defense, if anything is inalienable, I would think it would be self-defense, but that's not how we live. Yeah, we are in a, situ- a situation right now where people who are protesting know that they can do whatever they want and the police have to remain absolutely calm and not do anything. And the second that they do, it doesn't matter what the protester did. They will have a bunch of people bail them out. They will get a GoFundMe set up that will probably make them money. They'll probably get a profit off of it, and they'll be framed as a hero. I mean, this is incentive for them. I've been thinking about where this is going, and I, I, I can't help but wonder if... If they if they try to gin up the lockdown protests locally as they were, I remember there's a there's a big conservative organization that I contacted to the to do my march on Washington Fourth of July, which is definitely not happening. And they said, oh, we're just promoting local protests. And on their website, they had all the local protests. And then about a week later, I thought, all right, let's just do it that way. And I started to look and it was gone. And then this thing started. And I wonder almost if the lockdown protests were supposed to light the tinder keg for the martial law, but they just couldn't get it going. And that these protests, which they always had in the bag, and people have been talking about this kind of thing for a long time, that they ignited it for that, for, you know, it's a plan B maybe. I don't know. But I do think that this these protests or whatever protests are, as you pointed out, going to be the excuse for you. You nailed that the minute you saw the first Arbery protest where they weren't wearing masks, that that was weird. And so I feel like they're going to use that as one of the reasons for the pro, for the phase two and that it's going to happen similarly to the way phase one went. In New York, for example. So in New York, they they made weird decisions about nursing homes, the most famous one being that Cuomo said to send people back to the nursing home after they've tested positive for COVID. That coupled with weird changed protocols, excessive use of ventilators, in my mind, it's possible that that alone accounts for the spike in deaths. Now, there was a weird video that came out at the time. It looked very authentic. It was a nurse really crying between jobs. She said she works in the public hospitals and nobody cares about these people. They're poor. They're getting poor care. They're dying. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It was an unbelievably moving video. And it was very hard for me to think for one second she was faking. So I still don't think she is. But I think that's a foreshadowing of what might happen kind of coming out of Minneapolis. And I thought maybe it'll be Chicago. Chicago's really big city. They could say it's not too far from Minneapolis. COVID spread and that all the spike in deaths in round two is going to be in those poor public hospitals. And I've got one more thing to say about it, but you can do that and I'll tell you why Chicago matters, but I can't hear you. There's definitely going to be a spike. One reason, because at some of these protests, at many of these protests, they're testing protesters. They've started testing protesters. So when you concentrate that many people, there's going to be a spike. And they, and I think that they're going to take that. And I just have a feeling it ha- you have to be in cooperation with bad policies 
or or a specific kind of institution to make this the fatality rate higher than it than it than it is being observed everywhere else and that's why i think it's in chicago so i was thinking chicago and this morning i woke up to an article that said illinois is going to be the case study of how a state goes bankrupt because they have this pension crisis and i thought wow they can just like italy and other places who are having terrible fiscal problems use covid as the excuse to be first in line for bailouts and i predicted that with italy and spain and those are the exact two places that had the spikes and got the most of the bailouts yeah chicago had a story also with the guy who runs second city created second city tv he stepped down after accusations of institutionalized racism were leveled at the theater via Twitter by a former performer. And the performer, this was a criticism. The performer said that it was uh, Second City's reluctance to fundraise a Black Lives Matter movement without also fundraising police-related causes. He said in his tweet, you remember when black actors wanted to put on a Black Lives Matter benefit show, and you said, only if we give half of the proceeds to the Chicago Police Department because I will never forget. And this was in response to a tweet by Second City that was tweeting in support of Black Lives Matter. They were saying, to say nothing is complicit. Black lives, stories, art, and souls matter. So it was a tweet in response to that. And the guy stepped down and the guy said that you can't call Second City anti-racism and this is the biggest failure of his life. And he, he pledged that the person that will take his place will be somebody of color, a person of color, an indigenous person of color. I believe B-I-P-O-C is the acronym they used. This is the same thing that the founder of Reddit did. He stepped down, said somebody, a person of color, will take his place. It's interesting that these leaders are, I mean, this is a progressive organization. It's so similar to what happened last year with women in like boards, you could just could not have a board of directors without half of the people being women like jobs for board for men absolutely dried up and it was all women you see some of the over promotion happening as women are like famously being kind of replaced quickly when they were put in there just simply for the optics yeah it seems placating and condescending to me would you want to take this job if you were a black guy we got a uh a Patreon message that said that I don't want to speak for for people. I don't understand their positions, but I mean, I don't have a firsthand perspective on how it feels, but it's it's definitely identity oriented policy for political reasons. I can't imagine that it's anything more than that. I mean, I know it's more than that because it's that controls everything. But if that, some, yeah, if that was a like job it. that I wanted and this is how I got it. You know, maybe that's the whole affirmative action question from the beginning. And what Walter was it? Thomas Sowell does a lot of great work on that one. But I I think we're being set up, and I think that they are going to be blamed for it. And I and I noticed there was an article today, just absolutely side by side, Georgia vindicated for moving early. There's no spike. And then the Atlantic had an article that literally popped up right after that on my feed. That said, you've forgotten about COVID, but COVID has not forgotten about you. And I feel like that, too, I had this dawning aha moment of what this might mean. I really don't know. I cannot understand the stock market. It has been through the roof lately as if this never happened. I think last time I looked at it, it was only down 10% from its all-time high. This is with it just with just excising months and months out of the U.S. economy. And I'm reminded of what Carlos Slim said, of uh, the greatest story never told, of what people say about um, the 
about how the Rothschild supposedly got their start, about the 1929 crash. When the market crashes, the smart guys saw it coming, got out, and buy at the bottom. And that, and then it goes up again. Now, I wonder if they would actually, if they're actually planning on doing that twice. So if you look at the stock market right now, it's a V. It crashed and then it shot back up. And people were talking about, it. can this be a V-shaped recovery or a W-shaped recovery? I don't know. But if, it just seems crazy right now, if it's a W-shaped recovery and the people who got back in are retail buyers or Retired people, the 401k movement really shifted money from pension funds, which was the smartest money in the room, to 401k individuals who don't really have that much expertise in it as the dumb money in the room. So I feel like they've been exploited and maybe that's what this is. I really don't know. I'm not, can't see the future on that stuff, but just a what to watch out for on if the W was a, a double trap. Yeah, the economy, quote, opened back up in most places today. New York, of course, say the rules in place, which is so absurd considering all of the protests we've just been Hop watching. Hop on one foot and bark like yeah. a dog. Simon Says <laughs> is what it is. We're playing Simon Says Simon here. Says, that's what I thought the day one with the mask and then all these weird rules that have no basis in science. You're right. Hop on one foot. People are doing that. People, there's videos of yeah. people like following chanted orders that they're oh, just repeating. Oh, well, actually... Them. Yeah, that's happening with these protests too. Like, they had people reciting. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, what this has become in that realm is this has become the propaganda technique that George Bush famously. Not he wasn't the one who created this. Has been going on for hundreds of years, but it's encapsulated in him where he said, "You're with us, or you're with the terrorist." That's that's the idea, the mentality that we're looking at right now. And you're an activist or you're a racist or a misogynist or you're a feminist. Really, it is. It's really it's just so backwards. And I find it hard to believe that the majority of the population believes this stuff. I don't think that they do. I think that we see we're getting this information through channels that are largely run by people who are working alongside of this progressive agenda or whatever you want to call it. And I think it represents a small portion of the population, but they just have the biggest voice of this population to present this false perception. Very interesting. I have a little more deep dive stuff to do in the patron 15. And I did want to point out that that Atlantic article, this idea that we forgot about COVID, but COVID didn't forget about us. That is straight out of event 201. I mean, you could really pull the clip of that chick saying everybody thought it was going to be okay after about six months. And then it went bananas. Yeah. And then at 18 months, it was really a a bloodbath. That's why I think that W thing is a double trick. It's all signaling that we're going to start rolling back to that story. Maybe we'll get a brief, you know, maybe a few weeks uh, away from it. But I know we'll see. We'll see what happens. You guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DNB, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. I have something truly hilarious to tell you in the Patreon 15. Oh, I can't truly wait. hilarious. We'll talk to <laughs> you guys <laughs> later on.